there are certain vibrations that also lead to the mind. So somebody who has very active mind, a lot of anxiety, panic attacks, it definitely shows in the pulse. But the other thing that Vaidhimishu taught us with pulse reading is also level of toxicity. Well, in a general sense, you know. But for example, if somebody has accumulated a lot of hot acidic toxins, it, it's very easy to feel that in the pulse. I'm sure you've heard you are what you eat. And today we're going to be talking to someone who is helping people really understand that relationship to food and to self and to that inner connection. She's a master in a modality of health that is considered to be the oldest on record. And if you've never heard of Ayurveda, you're going to be learning a bunch about it today. I hope you really enjoy. Welcome to The Dream Beyond. I'm your host, Nick Tarasio. I'm a CEO, musician, and overall seeker of truth, inspiration, and simply put, how to live the most fulfilling life possible. Growing up surrounded by extremely wealthy and successful people gave me unique and unfiltered perspectives of those who have seemingly made it. And on The Dream Beyond, we're letting you in on what it really takes to achieve your dreams, what happens when it turns out your destination isn't the promised land you were expecting, and how to process the lessons from your past while mapping a course to true fulfillment. Let's get started. Hey everybody, excited to be with you today. Uh, and we have an amazing guest who is a certified nutritional consultant, educator, author of two cookbooks, and a chef with over 30 years of experience in the Shaka Vansia Ayurveda tradition. She's also the founder of Divya's Kitchen, a plant-based restaurant in New York City. One of my favorites, to be honest, I go there for the, the lasagna is to die for. She's also the creator of Divya's, a line of good for you packaged foods. And because she doesn't do enough, she's also the co-founder of Bhagavat Life, a nonprofit culinary school that offers cooking classes in North America's first Ayurvedic chef certification program, making her a leading authority on Ayurvedic cooking and nutrition. So please welcome Divya Alter. Thank you for being here with us today, Divya. Thank you. Thank you, Nick, for having me. I don't know if I'm a leading authority on anything, but I definitely enjoy doing everything we do right now, and I'm definitely my food. My whole world revolves around food, especially food uh, that's used for healing. So it's so nice to be with you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, and even if you're not a leading authority for the whole world, you are for me. Because again, I really enjoy your <laughs> restaurant. I've taken many of my family members there. My fiance and I have done your master classes, and again, we just we, we even have the seasonal food box here that we're trying to do, like kind of the whole Ayurvedic cleanse. So. Again, I appreciate what you do. And and I would love to kind of dive in with probably a little bit of a non-standard question, but when you were a child, what did you dream you'd be when you grew up? I dreamed to be a doctor, but the doctor in the sense that helping people improve their health. And and then even as a child, like we with my friends, we would play doctors, you know, we use like fake IVs and do things like that. And I really enjoyed that. Yes. So now, and I, and, and now I, I see that I'm very interested in healing. That's my passion, especially healing with food. And, and also it, all of this stems through my own healing, right? Like my own struggles with health, not just physically, but also mentally, uh, really going deeper into connecting with who I am and what I'm meant to do in the world. So, so yes, I'm very, somehow never became a doctor, 
but I am in the healing circle for sure. So I would love to hear about, for people that don't know what Ayurveda is, because I imagine it's a word that, like I brought it up thinking everyone would know what I was talking about. And most people go, I have no idea what any of that is. So for people that have no concept of what it is, what is it? What are the core principles of it? Ayurveda is the traditional medical science of India. So it's one of the oldest healing systems recorded in the world. Actually, in some people say it's the oldest. It's actually older than Chinese medicine. So before 150 years ago, or even a few hundred years ago, um, when there were no pharmaceuticals, you know, there were we didn't use medicine the way we know it today. How did people heal? What did the doctors use? So they used all these traditional methods, also using local herbs and local even food ingredients that would support particular illness or imbalance. And Ayurveda has been recorded. People say, I mean, exactly how old it is, that's debatable. Some people say it's 5,000 years old. It's kind of easy to say that, but <laughs> many historians say it's much older than that. It's very old. And what I love about Ayurveda, it has many goals. But Ayurveda doesn't just treat the patient. Uh, it, it doesn't treat the disease. It treats the whole person, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So Ayurveda really helps us integrate our health on every level because our mental health affects our physical health. <laughs> you know, our spiritual health can affect our mental health. They're all related. And um, what I love about Ayurveda is that it's a very personalized science. Um, there are there is a discussion on different body types. Um, so depending on what your body type is, then and what your imbalance is, what's going on in your body then there will be specific personal protocols for food or exercise or cleansing or anything like lifestyle, all that. So I love it because it's a very personalized approach to health rather than just one treatment. Oh, you have a headache, take a pill. You know, it's not like that. It's like, where's the headache coming from? Let's find the cause first and then we'll address the symptoms and the treatment protocols. So it, it looks like of all the different sides of Ayurveda, because again, I appreciate the way you described it as it is a complete look at a person from every angle. It's the physical, the emotional, you know, the mental, all, all those things. Uh, it looks like you really found a connection towards Ayurveda as it relates to food and the way you bring it to the world. And I'm just wondering how that intersected with your life path exactly. So... I, okay, so I came into food. I started, I realized that I love to cook when I was 18 years old. And I was, um, I was frustrated with life at that age. <laughs> I was like, this life doesn't make sense. There must be a deeper meaning to life. So I, and, and the communist, I'm from Bulgaria. So the communism was just breaking down in 1990. And I, I got, I really became very curious about yoga. And I was like, I, I, I really connected with the, the way the yogic texts explain the meaning of life, the soul, we're not the body and all that. And I'm like, oh, this makes total sense to me. So I started looking for a yoga studio and there weren't, there weren't any <laughs> in those days. 
it was forbidden because everything spiritual was forbidden back then. Mm. And then I met a person who was running an underground yoga ashram in my hometown. And I absolutely loved everything. And I became an intern because I was also trying to be a vegetarian and I didn't know how to be a healthy vegetarian and how to make it tasty also. So I became an intern and I started learning how to cook, just helping in the kitchen. And then in, in, in exchange, I was learning yoga and I really fell in love with food. So years later, I went to India to connect with the roots of yoga and to continue with my education as well. And then I started feeling very sick. So I went through a period of time when I was really, my digestion was almost zero. And that's how it started. The local doctor was an Ayurvedic doctor, a really amazing one. And, and he didn't, and I thought, oh yeah, he would just give me some herbs. I think I thought that Ayurveda treatment is like allopathic treatment, but with herbs instead of medication. So. So it's like, oh, you have digestive problem, take this herb. You have a headache, take, take this herb. But no, it's not like that. So it's like, he was like, okay, it's not just the herbs. You have to change your diet. You have to change how you, when you sleep, how you sleep, <laughs> how you exercise to align with your body type, with, with your constitution so that you can experience your best health. So he gave me a list of foods and then I started learning how to cook like this with food combinations with spices that really support digestion. And it's not just tasty, but it's actually digestible as well. And I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I'm, I, I started feeling like I've never felt like that before. <laughs> wow. So, and then later on, when I came to the United States, I became very sick. This time it was serious. I had an autoimmune disease a lot of inflammation, a lot of digestive issues. And when I met my main Ayurveda teacher, his name is Vaidya Mishra, then I, this is when I really started studying in depth. And it changed my life, just changing my diet and uh, applying the Ayurvedic principles to a vegetarian healthy diet. I was already eating healthy, but Ayurveda takes healthy to 2.0, it's to a different level. And I was, I don't have autoimmune anymore. I actually, I'm healthier and I have more energy now and I'm 51 years old than 10 or 15 years ago. It's amazing how the body can reset itself and come back to where it's supposed to be. So I'm very grateful. And I started teaching cooking classes and, and people just would do simple recipes or follow just a few simple principles they learn from me and they will be like wow i feel so much better and not only physically but my mind is more peaceful and i'm like yay it's working <laughs> so so then i decided with my husband our apprentice we were like let's just make this our life mission let's help people connect truly connect with the healing benefits and experience the healing benefits of food by cooking it, learning how to prepare it, by coming to our restaurant, by providing products so they can easily prepare something at home. Um, so, yeah, so I've been doing this for the past many years here in New York City. That's incredible. And I, I think what's what I find interesting about what you're doing and the restaurant specifically is that I imagine 
that you're the first interface for a lot of people into Ayurvedic principles or Ayurvedic food. And so I am wondering, as someone, and again, I, I saw it in the masterclass, which I, I've tried to study Ayurveda, I've tried to make sense of it, and even watching your masterclass in like the first, I think it was the first uh, segment, I was amazed by stuff I'd never heard before. I was like, even that, I've not found that stuff online, I've not found these principles explained in a way that was simple, but what are some of the common misconceptions or resistance that you find when you start to tell people about this and it's the first time they're hearing about it? What do people push back on? Oh, that's a really good question. Like, you know, I meet so many people. One of the first thing maybe that it, it, it may sound very complicated at first because it's so much. Oh, okay, so I have to think about my doshas, about my body type, about the season, about my digestion, about the properties of the ingredients. It's so much to think about. But, and also because we are not trained, um, our mind is not trained to think that way. We just think, oh, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. It's not, we're not trained to connect the food we eat with the way we feel. And the food we eat completely affects the way we feel, by the way. But we're not just, we, our perspective on food is different. So, and I felt overwhelmed as well when I first started studying, but it's actually very simple and it makes a lot, the principles of Ayurveda make a lot of sense because they align us with nature. So that's one of the main goals of Ayurveda is to help us flow with nature. And we are part of nature. We get sick when we separate ourselves from nature. <laughs> it's either our own nature or the right nature around us when you kind of cut that connection. But but because Ayurveda is not like rules, that the other misconception is like, there are too many rules. And I'm like, you guys, it's not rules. These are just, this is just how nature works. It's just telling you, okay, so um, have you, for example, have your main meal, the biggest quantity of food, especially if you have digestive issues, have it for lunch when the sun is at the highest point in the sky around lunchtime, then your digestive fire, digestion is strongest at that time. So have more food and heavier food then. Don't eat too heavy foods at night or early in the morning when your digestion is either going to sleep or waking up. So, And I'm like, yeah, this makes total sense, <laughs> right? So work how to align ourselves with the circadian rhythms um, and then, and then, and and, that, and then when you start flowing with nature and not go against the current of nature, all of a sudden you feel so much more balanced. And, and that's the goal. That's what good health is, that you feel balanced mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. So, yeah, just, and I always tell people, just take it one thing at a time. You, you don't have to study the whole Ayurveda in two days. <laughs> you just try something. Try, try some. Try waking up earlier and see how you feel. Try going to bed earlier, see how you feel. Um, and then all of a sudden you have more energy, your skin is clearer, your, um, your mind is more peaceful, your digestion is working better. And this is, again, you're aligning with nature. You're allowing the body to heal itself and work the way it's supposed to work. So that's, that's some, some points on that.
Yeah. I mean, as you say that, it's like so obvious when it's like, yeah, of course, when I'm waking up, my digestive fire might not be as strong. And of course, when I'm tired, it might not be that strong. When you said it, I was like waiting to be like, wait, does the sun's alignment have something to do with the fire? But then it's like, no, it's just, it's obvious that the body is using energy to come to life and using energy to go to sleep or giving up as energy. Uh, so when you say that, I'm like, yeah, that, like, that seems practical. But I imagine that the fact that it's an ancient system and the fact that it does require some understanding of principles is like so, again, my, my listening audience is a lot of high achievers that are going a million miles an hour. And it's like, just tell me the mm -hmm. answer. I just want to know the answer to what I'm supposed to do. We're looking for prescription, uh, not so much like learning a whole new modality. But I, I really was, you know, I, I've dealt with a lot of autoimmune issues myself. Um, I've had a lot, of, a lot of digestive issues. And when I was younger, we tried everything. We tried everything we could imagine. It was like infusions and this and that and these medications. And it was funny to find out that the thing that made the biggest difference was just changing my diet that no one told me. No doctor ever told me, hey, why don't you just try eating different foods and see what upsets your stomach and doesn't. It was like so ridiculously obvious. So I, I appreciate that aspect of it does seem overwhelming. Ayurveda just seems like such a wealth of knowledge. Again, like you said, it's thousands and thousands of years old. Um, but, you know, kind of continuing down that road is what are, if someone came to you and you were like, again, I want to win them over with Ayurveda, I'm going to give them just a couple of small principles, a couple of small practices just to dip their toes so they're going to get a result. And once mm -hmm. they get that result, I know that they're going to be invested in wanting to know more. Are there other kind of simple tips or simple concepts that you generally will share with people to, to get them excited about it and see some basic result? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I will share a couple of things first, but I think also it's it's not just doing, it's also adjusting our perspective on who we are and our life. Because Ayurveda is not about fixing a problem. Ayurveda is about complete healing. And through the through the process of healing, Ayurveda helps us to clear um, personal obstacles, like um, it could be a bad habit of just being angry all the time, or it could be a resentment that we've been holding, or a person that we didn't forgive, or an emotional trauma that we're still holding from our early childhood, or whatever it is. So again, Ayurveda helps heal the whole person. So when somebody comes to me and says, I just need a quick fix, I would say, well, I can offer, I can offer advice on what can help you relieve the symptom if you just come to that. But you can go so much deeper and you can experience a beautiful, exciting, liberating transformation. And even your perception of suffering will change when you go, once you go through this. And it doesn't mean that you really have to suffer and take cold showers and perform all these austerities to <laughs> achieve, you know, enlightenment or something. But, but it means that you participate in your own healing. So when somebody comes to me for help and I offer nutritional consultations when I have time, that's not, <laughs> I'm busy with other things, but sometimes people ask me for help and somebody comes to me. I, I don't really, treat them, I, which I wouldn't do anyway, but I help them, first of all, align with themselves, who they are, and then understand what, what they need to do to help their body heal itself. So I see myself as support, supporting their own healing instead of just 
fixing problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's like, yeah, you can, you can just like brush through life. And but when you go very quickly through, through life and you don't take the time to digest your experiences and to reflect and to gain the wisdom from what you just went through, <laughs> you know, we need to have those times when you go through life so quickly in your old age, when you kind of decide, okay, you retire and you look back and you may feel unfulfilled because, because if you don't do your inner work, you may feel frustrated and unfulfilled. So I always tell people, you know, you can still be a high achiever, but find moments during the day or during the week where you can slow down and, and develop those habits of connecting. How are you feeling? What, what do you meant? Who are you really? What are you meant to do in this life? What, what just happened? Like, like, how could you have done it better? Like really take time to reflect. And, and this will, this will help you digest, not, not just physically digest food, but also digest life and gain the wisdom that you can then transmit to your children or those people that you lead. But, um, in terms of simple self-care, <laughs> let's see. Well, one very simple thing that you can do first thing in the morning, if you're not doing it yet, is scrape your tongue. So you can get a tongue scraper. It's a simple metal thing. It can be stainless steel. I use a silver one. I, I like the silver one better. I don't recommend the copper one because if you saliva is very acidic, the copper will oxidize from the acidity of the saliva. So stainless steel or silver. And after you brush your teeth, you can just scrape your tongue. You know, it's very easy. There are a lot of videos on YouTube how to do that. It takes a few seconds. But this, this will refresh your breath. It also diminishes um, bad bacteria in the mouth. It diminishes acidity. It helps your teeth stay better. And yeah, it's just a, clean, a daily cleansing procedure, something very simple you can do. Um, another simple thing you can do is, let's say, let's see, uh, with food. So don't eat fresh fruits with anything else. <laughs> so eat them alone. Now, sometimes people eat them as dessert it's simply because they digest differently. I have a friend and she, she would sit down and sometimes we go to events or something and there is a buffet with so many foods and, you know, you want to take a little bit of everything. And there is usually fruit also, like a fresh fruit. And so you take a little fruit and then take oatmeal or pancake or whatever else and you eat all this together at the same time fresh food digests differently than cooked food and when you eat them together it can cause a lot of bloating and gas and i told her why don't you just eat the fruit either as a snack between meals or maybe eat it 30 minutes 30 minutes before your meal start with that and then wait a little bit and then eat the rest and she did that and she's like, oh my God, my bloating is gone. I thought this was a chronic illness with, <laughs> so just, it's called food compatibility in Ayurveda, like kind of like a food combining. So, so I teach this in the master classes and I write, I give you the charts in my books, what to combine, what's good combination, what's bad combination, because just by avoiding the bad combinations, you have so much, your digestion will be so much better. Amazing. Yeah. I, uh, 
I think I'm guilty of what your friend is guilty of. When I go to buffets, I try to win at the buffet. I want to try everything. So I imagine that's also put a bit of a toll on my body. Uh, but you also said something else in there that I'm really curious about, uh, especially because I come from Italian heritage, very passionate, very charged. And I'm wondering about, you were talking about anger as it relates to Ayurveda. Are there foods that can reduce anger? And is it possible that Italian foods are the opposite of that? <laughs> yeah, so you come from a very temperamental culture, right? It's, yes. Uh, um, so, yes, so there, food definitely affects, affects us mind, mentally, which can translate in our relationships also. So there are foods that are very stimulating. They usually pungent foods like spicy. It's not just, I mean, you go to other cultures that you eat a lot of spicy foods and sometimes they're just talking and they look like they're quarreling or something. <laughs> it's just so intense, right? But it's just their nature. So usually very pungent spicy foods can lead to uh, having more temperament. Uh, the other one is onions and garlic. So these two, very pungent, right? And they're very stimulating. I always recommend either use less of them. In, in summer, you should definitely use less of them because otherwise you sweat too much and your sweat will stink too. So, but <laughs> I mean, it's it, the connection, right? Connecting what you eat to what's coming out of the body. So, um, but also... Like, don't eat a lot of those very stimulating. It could be also like kimchi or something that's really sour, really salty, really spicy. If you eat that at night, it's so stimulating, it may affect your sleep. You may not be able to fall asleep. So eat it for lunch. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, so these are some stimulating foods, especially in Italian cooking. I would say the garlic and maybe some onions, especially if it's a raw, uncooked. So that's when they're strongest. So they're very medicinal. But again, we have different body types. If you have a very fiery body type, the kind of person who is, always feels hot and you walk in, t in a t-shirt in the middle of the winter and you don't feel hot and, so, and you sweat a lot. So that's a fiery body type. Uh, then, then you need less of those spicy foods because... They they're very heating. They increase your heat. You'll sweat more. Your skin will be red. Um, alcohol, alcohol does the same thing. It's very fiery substance. Um, so what would cool it down? I think basil is Nick basil in Italian cuisine is a saver because especially the fresh sweet basil, it has a cooling effect. It also helps you digest the heavy cheeses and pasta and, and all that. But zucchini, zucchini is a great cooling vegetable, very calming. So zucchini produces calmness in the body. Artichokes, asparagus, you know, these are all calming vegetables. Fruits, like fresh, juicy fruits. What, what do you like, artichokes? I do. Yeah, I love artichokes. I used to, uh, my family would do that, like the fried artichoke with all the breading on it, which is probably less artichoke and more bread. <laughs> But uh, that was delicious. And I, I do like artichoke hearts. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. They're really good for your liver. So they're very calming for the liver. So a lot of that angry energy can also come when your liver is too challenged, like either too sluggish or in Ayurveda, we speak about hot liver when the liver 
it has way too much toxicity accumulated or, you know, whatever it may be. The liver is kind of uh, challenged. So, yeah, so artichokes are amazing for the liver. Incredible. And they're very and Italian. How, I, I don't know if you know the answer to this, or I don't know if this is known in all of Ayurvedic practice, but I, I just started going to an Ayurvedic doctor, and the first time I met her, she took my wrist, and in about 30 seconds told me what my constitution was. And I'm like, how does that work? Like, I've had tons of doctors that have done tons of tests on me, and this woman grabbed my wrist in 30 seconds, basically told me my entire medical history. How is that even possible? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's part of the science, right? Pulse reading. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. And the Ayurvedic, I'm, I'm trained in this as well. So the Ayurvedic pulse reading is different than a modern doctor reading their, you know, your pulse rate or something like that. So there are three. we use three fingers for reading the pulse. So the forefinger, the middle finger, and the ring finger. And you put your forefinger by the wrist joint so this is i don't know if i can show it but this like this so this is vata this is the air and space elements in your body the middle finger is pitta that's the fire element in your body and the ring finger is kapha the water and earth element so depending on so in ayurveda we describe like the strength of the pulse how strong it is, this determines if, like, if you have weak strength, it, to me, it will say that you probably have chronic fatigue, for example. Like, the, you don't have a robust energy, you have less energy. So, and then depending on how you pulse, there's also a particular way of pressing and the depth into, in which you press. And it will tell me which dosha, dosha the doshas are the, and bioenergies that govern all the functions in the body. So vata governs circulation, it governs the heart, it governs the colon, it governs um, overall movement and overall health. Mm, it There's vata in the stomach. So if I feel that sp specific sensations, you have to learn these sensations in, 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 my, in this thing, my vata finger, then... It tells me that I connect that to a function in that particular part of your body. And then I ask you, are you constipated? And they're like, how could you tell? <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, or with the pitta, like sometimes I check the pulse and it's like, oh my God, do you have acid reflux? And they're like, oh yeah, it's really bad. So, and then with the kapha, I could also like, for example, it could tell me that you have water retention without even looking at you. If, even if I close my eyes without looking at you, I can feel and it's like, oh, wow, do you have water retention? So that's the water element, right? Then it's vibrating particularly. And then also every dosha is connected to different organs. So maybe she asked you about certain organs that you might have history with. So yeah, it takes a long time to learn this, and it's a, actually it's a lifetime process. It's like you always learn something from it. Well, you just ruined my dream because I was like, I just want to learn this over the weekend, but it sounds like it sounds like it's quite a bit of work to be able to do this. It just seems like an amazing skill to be able to take someone and immediately get a sense of what their inner system is. Yes, yeah, it's, it's very helpful, and it also so you can also there's certain. 
vibrations that also lead to the mind. So somebody who has very active mind, a lot of anxiety, panic attacks, it definitely shows in the pulse. But the other thing that vitamin Mishu taught us with pulse reading is also level of toxicity. Well, in a general sense, you know. But for example, if somebody has accumulated a lot of hot acidic toxins, it, it's very easy to feel that in the pulse. So when I feel this for somebody, I would always suggest their diet because don't have those hot, hot foods that will only make you <laughs> more hot, right? So the pulse is very helpful for me to help people, guide them to exactly what they need to eat right now, what they need to avoid in order to bring themselves back to balance. And um, it's also fun to, <laughs> like, like there is a way if somebody, it can also show if your channels, like the, like digestive tract and other channels in the body is, are more clogged, you know, like your pipes are clogged, <laughs> you know, in a yeah. sense. And Vadimisha taught us how to, uh, he's, he called it tofu pulse. So tofu is a very hard to digest food and it can cause a lot of blockages in the body, especially if your digestion is not strong. So I, it's like you, it, that particular sensation, whenever I feel it and I ask the person, do you eat a lot of tofu? And they're like, there is no way you know that I eat a lot of tofu. <laughs> There's no way you could know that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, the pulse never, never, uh, never lies. So is it the kind of thing where if someone did want to go down the road of saying, I would love to have an Ayurvedic practitioner help me make sense of what a protocol would even look like or what a, what what my path might look like, do you generally recommend that people do meet someone in person so they can do the pulse reading on their body instead of doing a Zoom call or something like that? It is def it's definitely helpful, but the pulse reading is only one way of assessing your condition, right? looking at you so there's ways to look just at your whole body your face some people just read the face <laughs> really? um there is also a way to like your, your wrinkles your <laughs> and they can tell oh you have liver kidney problem you have you know um there is also a tongue so assessing your tongue can be another way um asking questions so another way so if you wanted to do it on zoom it's usually the doctor or practitioner will ask you many questions, very specific questions, and they can be very personal questions. So how is your poop? What does it look like? Does it smell? How often do you have it? You know, like it may seem like, ooh, this is gross, but it's actually very important symptom of good or bad health. So... Uh, so yeah, usually if you do it virtually, and many really good doctors do it virtually. I mean, during the pandemic, you know, <laughs> we had no choice. Yeah. But um, but even a good doctor can help you virtually. But seeing being in person is definitely you had get a lot more bonuses with that as well. So kind of zooming out from all of this stuff, if you took the entire practice of Ayurveda and apply it to the question of you know, how does Ayurveda relate to living a more fulfilling life? Because that's really at the heart of what this show is about. It's we're all trying a million different things to try to bring joy or have these moments of happiness or try to get, you know, win at life, whatever that means. What does Ayurveda tell us about what fulfillment really is or how to achieve it? It's all about connection. So 
you know, in the beginning we spoke about how health diminishes when we disconnect ourselves from who we are and from nature around us. So Ayurveda helps us to really understand our our first of all how a body works, your individual body, how it works, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, and how to balance that. And knowing what your stress points are. And when you're in a stressful situation, offering suggestions of how you can minimize the re- reactions to stress. But, and then, and then on a deeper level, seeing yourself as more the bo- more than the body, because the body, you know, we grow, we grow up, we grow old. It's, illness is part of life. We, nobody has perfect health, but Ayurveda can minimize can help us maintain it's a preventative health is a big part of ayurveda so by practicing ayurvedic diet lifestyle we kind of avoid a lot of the lifestyle related illnesses lifestyle and diet related illnesses that are so common today what's so, an example of that with diabetes <laughs> you mm. know it's such a big one or even heart disease high blood pressure you know these are all of this can be reversed and, and prevented if you have lifestyle and diet that are more aligned with your own body constitution and also with nature. So not going against nature's laws and really acting as we're part of nature and not, and not some implant. Um, so, so finding that connection for yourself, when you feel centered and connected with who you are, what your life's purpose is, I think this is a, such a strong foundation for um, fulfillment and happiness. And the other thing that I, for me, it's so important is that you don't do this just for yourself. You're not, you're not trying to be healthy just for the sake of being healthy, <laughs> Right. You do this so that you can be of service to others. And happiness really comes. I mean, you can just make a comfortable life for yourself, but real happiness comes when you're able to serve others and help others and have beautiful relationships with with others. So that's that's a big part of health as well. So And it's, again, connection, right? Connecting with other living entities, not just not just on mental satisfaction, but really heart to heart, like really feeling that heart to heart connection with everybody around you. It's very powerful. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on that path right now. I think I've been chasing, you know, the, the show is obviously for a particular reason that it's most of my life has been chasing the external successes and now coming to the space of, I recognize the, that game never ends. Like that can just go on for all of time. So what does it mean to go within my spells, you know, within myself, especially knowing that I live in my head, not as much in my body. Mm. And so really trying to reconnect to the body and trying to get some of that wisdom of what does my body crave? What does it need? And instead of having everyone outside of me, tell me what the answers to the questions are. Can I create that connection to self that my body's like, well, I want to eat that and I don't want to eat that. And this doesn't work for me. And this is what does. Mm. So I, I very much appreciate that. And, and, you know, beyond the masterclass, which, uh, I, I hope with my crazy work schedule to get through the whole thing soon because I just find it so interesting. <laughs> and I just learned about your, um, you know, again, your cooking school, which is also really interesting that, you know, that might be a path for me to go down as well. For someone who really feels like 
This is such an interesting area. What are some additional ways people can get involved in understanding what this is and learning it beyond, like I said, the master class and the cooking class and things like mm -hmm. that? Well, I mean, there are many workshops and you don't have to become an Ayurvedic doctor or practitioner to learn how to take care of yourself. Most people, I mean, if it's your calling to be a healer and to help people with their health and, and guide them that way, then yes. But a um, big part of Ayurveda is just taking self-care. And these are all preventative medicine, little things that you can do. And And again, it's like you try something, oh, it works for me, great. We also have to make adjustments with the seasons. So scraping your tongue is something you can do daily till the rest of your life. But um, I don't know, um, maybe you cannot bathe in the ocean all the time or you cannot walk barefoot all the time, you know, which is can be very grounding practice. But so there are little practices that you just have to see, oh, yeah, this works for me right now. I find it very helpful, like applying simple things Ayurvedic recommendations, especially when you travel a lot, like you have a jet company, Nick. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, true. I mean, the airplane, traveling by airplane creates so much havoc in our body. And some people are more used to, to, to it than others, but still it, it's like, it's very unnatural condition for our body to be in when we're in the airplane. So, so for example, when before you fly, there's certain things you can do, like even if you go for a massage with some nice oil or you do sell oil massage or you just put a little bit of oil on your feet before you put on your socks. This will this will really make it <laughs> it will it, it will add more groundedness when you're up in the air. I like to put a little oil in my nostrils, you know, <laughs> because it gets so dry on the airplane. Right. Little things and as soon as you land. Try to walk barefoot somewhere. It could be the beach or grass or something like that to land your body also fully. So they, and there's so many little practices like that, that, and it's not, you don't even have to memorize them. You just follow the main principle of balance that you're always balanced with the opposite energy of what you're experiencing right now. So when you're very cold, you need warm foods. You need warm drinks, right? To bring more warmness. You need warm clothes. When you're very hot, you need something cooling. When you're running at very high speed, like in an airplane, when you're traveling, then you need, when, as soon as you arrive, slow down, <laughs> you know, allow a little bit of time to your body to slow down and adjust. Don't just start rushing and running and going to conference. Just plan a day to just rest first. And that, and then it's like, we, we're not overusing our body because a lot of health problems also come. Uh, and that's one of the causes that Ayurveda lists as disease is overusing our senses. We just abuse our bodies too much, you know. <laughs> we use it. It's like, a, like you run your car without taking care of it. And then it, one day it just breaks. Uh, so, yeah. So I always tell people, just slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's, uh, that's hard for me. Running a jet company is very much, it is about going a million miles an hour. And I appreciate that, you know, finding those moments of grounding, finding those moments of just pausing, taking a breath, slowing it down. I think, you know, I, I just think of landing at JFK. It is a circus, right? It's like rush to the car, get in the car, rush home, 
get home, rush to do the next thing. So I, I can see that, you know, again, I, I, when I was first introduced to Ayurveda, I just knew it as food. So it is interesting to hear kind of how these practices really is an entire way to live your life, an entire way to find connection to self. So I, I, I appreciate that very much. And I, I, I have to ask kind of our, our, our big final question is you've done so much. And again, I just reading your bio, it's like the amount of things you've achieved. It's really impressive. And, and you've, uh, you've helped, I'm assuming a lot of people through this work. I know again, you've helped me personally. Um, when you dream, what do you dream about now? Oh, well, I always, my prayer and my dream is to always be of service, of loving service to people. I don't, I don't have, like for me, you know, I'm a poor, poor girl from Bulgaria. <laughs> I didn't even speak English when I, like, like what, 30 years ago. But, and then I wrote book in English, books in English. And it's like, wow. But like for me, the main, the main lesson in my life is that when my mindset is that I'm here to serve people and, um, yeah, for me to grow personally, that's my personal task, but I'm, I'm here to be of service to people. Uh, I don't live my life just for myself. I live to help others as well. And, and then whatever my service is, whatever service presents itself at the time. Like if you asked me 20 years ago that I would have restaurant, I would be like, are you crazy? I never really, <laughs> that wasn't my dream. So I know some people are meant to do very specific tasks and they dream about it and they achieve it. And that's beautiful for me is more like I'm here to serve and I will do wh wherever I'm, uh, I'm taken and asked to do, I'll take the opportunity for service because it makes me really happy. <laughs> so it, 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 if I, if there are moments, of course, I go into just thinking about myself and I'm the center of the universe and, and it's like, and it, I get so depressed and I'm like, no, I'm just a tiny speck in this creation. I'm part of this universal machine. And, and by through service, I experience, I experience connection with everybody and everything around me. And that makes me very happy and fulfilled. So, and, that's, and grateful. Beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, and I have to ask because, I mean, were you always this humble? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's always, that's still work in progress, but you know, the school of hard knocks, I, it's, I've been through, I've been through very humbling experiences in my life. Uh, and, and I, I, I definitely, I'm not very humble at all, but, um, but it's, I find humility to be a beautiful thing. It, it's, it has nothing to do with low self-esteem. If I had low self-esteem, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Um, uh, but, but humility is again, connecting with who you are and knowing that you're more than this body that you're to me, I am eternal soul. Um, I'm a beautiful, divine, spiritual being, and that goes through different cycles of life and like that. And there are lessons to be learned and service to be done. But but without without humility, we cannot we can never experience true gratitude. And without gratitude, we can never experience fulfillment. We'll always be dissatisfied with something. 
So to me, humility and gratitude go hand in hand, and this leads to lasting satisfaction in life. And it, you may, it may seem that you haven't achieved anything externally, but still you're completely satisfied and happy. <laughs> and when you go to India, you see a lot of sadhus, a lot of saintly persons that are so accomplished spiritually. They don't have big companies or anything like that. And they're completely free from false identification, you know, big ego. Um, they don't have, they don't aspire for material things, but they're just so happy and satisfied. And it's like, how come? <laughs> Where is this coming from? <laughs> yeah, I struggle with that too. I'm like, what have you done lately? Right? Like, how, how do you have such self-satisfaction when, when your life is so simple? And again, I'm sure that's more of my conditioning of I've measured my own success by being goal oriented. You know, it's like, it's not about who I am. It's about what I've done. And uh, I, I try to transition more to that. And, and I'm curious to like dive a little bit deeper into that question. You just said your self-esteem, you, you have self-esteem and that humility is not the same as self-esteem. How do you separate those two in your head? Well, who is the self, right? What do I identify myself with? So if I identify myself with just the body and the mind, then it's like I'm always thinking, or how am I looking? What if they think about my eyes or my glasses? I, I just focus on body types and I, I lose my confidence, you know, like like body parts. And it's like, uh, so that a lot of people get stuck in that uh, they they think that the way they look, I mean, appearance is important, but it's not, it's not, it's just one piece of who we are. So, um, also again, when I, when I think myself as a servant of others in a, not like servant, like a slave, but I'm here to be a service to you. Um, then, then my ego is like, you know, I'm I'm here to serve, and I'm very happy to do that. Rather than and 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 we're all servants. I mean, even if you're leader of a big company, you're serving your employees, you're guiding them, you're leading them. If you have a family, you're serving a you servant. We're all we're all serving somebody. It's not. It's actually a very elevated position. So, rather than thinking, oh, you're supposed to serve me, you're supposed to work for me, and. <laughs> You know, and then this is when we cut connections, right? The heart to heart connection gets cut when we only expect for ourselves without giving to others. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a beautiful place to, to wrap this up. It's uh, what an interesting conversation that really for me started around food and how to eat well, how to get connected to your food. But really, it's about getting connected to yourself and others. And I really like that heart to heart connection with really an invitation and all of this just to be of service to others. And I think that's, you know, that following that path of take care of your body, take care of yourself so you could be able to take care of others. And again, in aviation, where we say put on your own oxygen mask before you don anybody else's. And I think in many ways, Ayurveda can be seen as the same thing as take care of yourself so you can take care of others and be of service. And again, yes. it's such an inspirational story to talk to someone who Talk about defying the odds. It sounds like you've just had such an incredible journey from communism to building these amazing things that serve so many people here in New York and all over the world, I imagine, too. Oh, thank you. So kind. I'm always like, even now we're going through expansion of our company and I'm like, 
we're going against all against all odds, but somehow it's working. <laughs> it's like um, it's not it's not an easy process. I have to tell you, like because before, so just last thing, we, my husband and I, we were both monks before we got married, and I was a monk for fifteen years. He was a monk for about the same time, and. And, and, you know, and I was kind of a, like puffed up a little bit. And, oh, I'm so spiritual. Oh, I'm so advanced. You know, I can recite Sanskrit by memory and, you know, all these things. I'm chanting, I'm meditating. And I kind of became puffed up. And I was looking down on people in business because I thought, oh, they're just materialists and doing material things. And like, they're greedy. <laughs> No. So it was such an unhealthy state of mind for some time. And then, boom, oh, you think you're so advanced? So I got really sick. And literally everything that I was borrowing strength from was taken away. And yeah. I'm like, you know, so right now running our business is, to to us, is really, we were just talking about this yesterday, how running a business, which may seem like a very material activity, can be a perfect path for spiritual upliftment and, and elevation and awakening um, because it's always about the inner disposition. Of, what's your inner disposition, your intention? Where is your heart when you do all these external things? And this can make such a big difference in um, your perception, but also also your contribution, but also... Yes, it's important to have goals. It's very important to lead a goal-oriented life, but honor the journey, <laughs> the path itself, because that's where the real growth happens. It's not the achievement itself; it's getting there when, when we, we when we grow the most. Well, I have to say, you're the first entrepreneur that I've spoken to, maybe ever. Who, when I asked kind of what your future path was, you were like, I don't know, whatever presents itself, I will give myself fully to that. And I think that that is true agility. When you think about it, it's like the most agile way to build something is just to say, I'll know it when I see it and I will give myself fully to it. So you're absolutely right. Entrepreneurship is a spiritual path, whether people realize it or not. And I think you're living proof of the fact that you can break all the rules and you can do it all different ways. And if you just trust your heart connection and you trust that that gut instinct, you can do some amazing, amazing stuff. So oh, thank you for that. I think this is your blessing, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I keep that in mind because <laughs> I need motivation too. But thank Happy you so to. much for your kind words. It's, um, it, it's, very, it's very humbling for me. <laughs> My pleasure. And again, for those of you that are listening, if you're interested to learn more about what Divi is up to, you could go to divias.com. That's D-I-V yas.com. She has an incredible seasonal food box on there that you could check out if you want to experience uh, Ayurveda cooking. Uh, also, again, and this really is something, I, we don't do any sponsorships on here and we don't take any money for this. This is art for me, not commerce. I truly love her masterclass. So when I say that, if you're curious, learn just to learn more about this and find if maybe there is some curiosity or connection there, you could check out her masterclass on the same website. And uh, she was kind enough to give us a discount code of DREAM100. Uh, and if you put that in, you'll save $100 off the class. So if you want to check that out, we'll put some other stuff in the show notes. Uh, but again, this was 
something that is just so near and dear to my curiosity. And I hope uh, some of you were inspired by this as well. And Divya, thank you again so much for giving your, your entire heart to the conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure. I can't wait to see you at the restaurant again. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Dream Beyond. I hope that you received whatever message or inspiration you were meant to get from today's episode. I had a great time recording it for you. If you love the show, please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review it. That really helps get the word out. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at instagram.com slash linkedin.com slash in slash or youtube.com slash n